Welcome to Cisco Tech Beat, the podcast that explores the people and stories behind what inspires the newest innovation. I'm your host, AB, and today we're welcoming our Chief Customer Experience Officer, Tamaya Sabaya, who is responsible for driving innovation in the Cisco success portfolio and accelerating customer adoption, partner engagement, and overall growth for Cisco services. Welcome to the show, Tamaya. I'm so glad we can make this happen. Thank you, AB. Pleasure to be here. So I want to jump right into customer experience, because I think a lot of people throw that phrase around, but they may not appreciate all it entails. What does customer experience mean at Cisco, and what are some of the hallmarks of great customer experience in the digital age? So maybe first let's talk about uh, what we view as traditional customer experience. Traditional CX is about the various touch points that customers encounter when they do business with us. And especially if you think about it in retail, that could be Something as simple as a store signage and what that looks like and how welcoming it is, how employees treat customers before entering a store, all the way down to whether or not the store is actually appearance-wise appealing to the customer. Now take that same experience and imagine going into your favorite coffee shop and ordering your cup of coffee. And instead of your cup of coffee, you simply get a cup of coffee beans. That's not going to work for you. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, no, that's definitely not going to work. The, the critical element of going to your favorite coffee shop is the experience. Like Paul behind the counter there, he knows you by name and asks if you want to have your usual drink. It's just way more welcoming. Mm -hmm. And then he passes you the order and then uh, skillfully they prepare your entire coffee for you. It's topped with uh, all the uh, foam that you wanted just the way you like it. <laughs> right. So in any situation, the customer interface is key because that is the point where our customers really touch our business. And whether it's the first time or the 10th time, the customer experience needs to be consistent. So consistency is the key. And every single time, that becomes extremely important. Apart from that, uh, one other thing that I would say is customer experience is not the same as customer service. Okay. They're related. They're related. But customer service is the direct interaction with our business employees on a daily basis that our customers have. And it encompasses everything. Customer experience definitely does encompass everything. All the reactions, the emotions, the judgment, and what customers may think and how they go across all these different touch points, the people, the technology, all of this is the overall experience. And finally, I'd say B2B and B2C are very different, but the worlds are converging. In the B2B world earlier, the expectation was very different from the B2C, but nowadays, especially with the onslaught of technology, social media, and other things, everyone wants that one seamless experience, simple, integrated from beginning end to end, whether it's their personal products that they're buying or whether they're buying products for the company. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And it's funny, I think when we think of customer experience, traditionally, we tend to only think of retail, but you bring up a good point. It, it really doesn't matter which industry you're dealing with. Having customer be top of mind for your company is so important when it comes to providing a great service, providing a great product. In the case of Cisco, both, of course. And speaking of Cisco, we're always pushing ourselves to create the most innovative products and services. I'm wondering, what are some of the innovations we're investing in to improve the customer experience? One of the things is think about the evolution of Cisco. We're more and more becoming a software-driven company. 
And as we transition to this, we cannot just have the status of a vendor. We need to have that status of a strategic business partner. And a strategic business partner is typically somebody who delivers those critical services that drive towards our customers' outcomes. And I always say this, and I've said this multiple times, we drive innovation with our products. We drive customer transformation with our services. And that's typically where, if you think about our Cisco partner ecosystem, also plays a big part in. And we can respond to any of the expectations that our customers have by providing like robust and comprehensive tools. But these need to be coupled with advisory services. And one of the things that our customers have always told us is, as you digitize, do not leave the human interaction behind because that's what makes us unique. So we're continuing to evolve around that. And we've been investing in platforms. We've been investing in tools. Automation, I would say, is a big one. Automation, and the best part about it is our automation is AI-backed. And typically, whenever you take AI, it's easy to build AI technology, but it's difficult to let that AI learn. For us, we have one big advantage. We have 30 years of experience and data that we've collected with root cause built in into every single time either a customer's network has gone down or we've done something right and there's been reduced redundancy and other things. So our AI engine is, uh, I'd say, born a teenager <laughs> yeah. versus uh, us trying to feed the entire engine. Uh, then the other things that we've also done is we've taken all of these and packaged it together in something called success track. So that way we've simplified the buying motion for our customers. We've embedded the unified digital uh, platform, the CX Cloud. And like I said earlier, we brought the human and digital intelligence together. One case in point is uh, recently at Cisco Live, I had nationwide insurance on stage with me. And they are leveraging advisory services. This is a business critical services. And it has been a game changer for them on a day-to-day -day basis. Hmm. The last thing that I would say is our customer's biggest pain point is implementation. And typically, we've always seen that adoption, especially in software, is extremely smooth once implementations go right. Right. So we've essentially brought an advisory services to say, okay, before you implement, there's also the integration piece of it, where you're not dealing with just one single vendor, you're dealing with multiple different vendors. How do we make sure that integration happens? And then from there, what we do is essentially bridge that into day two operations and continuous optimization. I love that in your answer, you talk about partners and partnership, and it totally makes sense that uh, the pairing of partners and innovation is necessary to drive the best customer experience. You also mentioned implementation as a current pain point. In terms of the future, what do you see as the biggest challenges to improving the customer experience? What, what can we expect from Cisco CX in the years to come? It all begins with the customer's journey. And it cannot start after you bought the product. It has to start before you bought the product. And it cannot be around what are the products that you're going to buy. It needs to be around the use case that you're buying that particular product for or the business challenge that you're trying to solve. Once we get that right, we can start to plan with our customers and our partners in terms of what's the technology that you need, how is it going to get implemented, what's your fastest time to value around the implementation, and then what does ongoing optimization look like. And that, to me, is extremely critical. And that's why you'll see me emphasize a lot on customer journey, because customer journey is more than just the words. It's actually the path to get our customers to their business outcomes, but it's also the fastest path. And that's the critical piece here. That's really interesting. And I, I guess that 
ties into the whole idea of why you need to consider the customer when you're thinking about the life cycle of a product. It's not just once a customer receives something and he or she is using it. It's really why are you making the product in the first place? And then once you make the product, uh, how do you make improvements upon that to keep the customer satisfied? Without a doubt. And I'll, uh, I'll tell you one thing that we've been talking to the product teams about is when you're building the product, you're building the product. You know best how the product should be used and why we should be using that product. Define that. That becomes the Cisco validated use case. Now let's take all our customers' different scenarios, apply it on top of that and see where they meet and see what are the different scenarios that we're missing out. And that's how we just start to become better with our customers. And essentially they've seen, uh, typically whenever we go to any of our events or any of customer forums, it's always good to put new prospects and customers in the same room because they all have similar challenges. And when they know that we've already solved the challenge for one of our customers, a prospect immediately looks at it as, oh, they've done this already. The technology is capable of it. It's innovative enough. My time to value is going to be much faster in terms of the business outcome that I want to achieve. Absolutely. Now, I want to switch gears because I'd love to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which are not only important to me, but something you champion. What do you see as the main advantages of a diverse corporate culture? Diversity should be the foundation that we build successful teams with. And I'm not just saying it as a statement. I'm saying it because my experience has taught me that. And if you look at even statistics, and all the statistics back it up, diverse teams outperform others in both profitability and long-term value creation. And the other piece to this entire thing is the impact is exponential, but it needs to be twofold. For example, I have a common thing. I never really look at anybody's resume. Huh. I typically say, I don't want to know where you've been. I want to know where you are going to go. And that is critical because that's potential that is not based on uh, your past. Yes, of course. If you're a doctor, it's going to be completely different. I definitely (laughs) want to see your profile before I let you uh, operate on me. (laughs) But at the same time, when it comes to technology, it's more about the passion. It's more about the drive. And if we don't think of it in terms of do we have a diverse team that is bringing different points of views to the table, you're never going to be able to solution. I take this back to one other thing, and this is more an observation than anything. We moved away from a world where knowledge was key, primarily because at one point of time, we did not have technology around us. Now you have your phone, you have your laptop, you have various different ways of consuming knowledge, and uh, you don't need to know everything. You can ask your phone a question. You can literally ask a device in your house a question and it'll answer, at least with about 90% accuracy. So we moved away from knowledge being the key to any team or any particular profile to solutioning becoming the key. So now it's all about how do we take this knowledge and what are we going to do with it? That is really critical and important. And diverse teams are able to solution way better and way faster because of all the various different experiences and ways of thinking that they're able to bring to the table. Right. The other thing I'd say is to ensure a diverse corporate culture, allyship is also the key. And we as leaders need to ask ourselves, can I inspire this person to like reach their full potential and their goals? And essentially, it's also, am I seeking and promoting that diversity to drive the overall success of the team? 
So for me, it is a big priority. Diversity, allyship, both go hand in hand for me. And it is a big priority. And I've seen success, tremendous amounts of it. Tamaya, I couldn't agree more. I mean, diversity is so important. And I have to say, something that I say all the time on this show, it's really refreshing to have uh, our leadership from the very top uh, all through the ranks embrace this idea of diversity and and really make it one of our, our main goals for the company. And of course, it all ties into proximity, right? Being proximate to somebody who's different than you is the only way you learn. It's the only way you understand uh, someone else who is either from a different area, has a different culture, has a different background. I'm curious, as far as customers go, are they expecting diversity when it comes to corporate culture? Without a doubt. And I I think it's more than expect uh, uh, us to have diversity within our organization or our teams. Think about it this way. With CX, our people are the most important asset that we have. Definitely. Essentially, we are solving problems, but it's the people uh, who are with the customers who are solving problems from Cisco and our partners. And typically, I go back to the whole thing about solutioning. Diverse teams are able to solution way faster, way better. Customers see that. They see the potential behind it. And ultimately, it leads to much better outcomes for us. Absolutely agree. Um, You mentioned allyship, and I just wanted to ask you, I I understand you are uh, a co-executive sponsor of Women at Cisco. Why is allyship important to you? How did that all come about? This is something that's been extremely close to my heart. And uh, it also spun off to another completely different level when uh, my first daughter was born. So I have two daughters, one's seven and one's five. And I've just been reading a lot of information about parenting young girls and how I can like help them fulfill their ambitions. And I started to realize that a society is not balanced. And for me, that became an even bigger priority because I want to set up a world where, uh, at least I, I'm not going to be able to do it myself, obviously, but I want to contribute to setting up a world where when my daughters go into their first jobs, it need not be a thing about they have to fight for what's already theirs. It just needs to be an equal society in terms of not only work, but everywhere else also. And I'm a big believer in that. So it touches upon my emotional values. It touches upon my principles. It touches upon my uh, logical values. So it kind of checks all the boxes. I love that. You have two girls. We have two boys. And I really understand what you mean. Trying to connect with the things that are important to your kids so you can support them in, in all their endeavors. It's, it's a really important thing for families to do. And since we're talking about families, I'd love to dive a bit deeper into family life or really your life outside of work. Moving away from work completely, I want to learn about something that people would be surprised to know about you. What are some of the hobbies or activities that you enjoy doing when, you, when you're at home or when you just need to get away from it all? There are three specific things, but I'm going to touch upon uh, two. Okay. <laughs> One, I love carpentry. Mm. So I've been building a ton of furniture. In fact, I built an entire elaborate playhouse for my kids that includes a bridge that leads into monkey bars that leads to a slide. So it's one of those big (laughs) contraptions. Outdoor tables. Uh, In fact, uh, the table that I'm currently working on is also something that I built. Uh, And all all of this is because one, one thing I always think about Think of it this way. I heard somebody else say this, so this is definitely not my uh, thoughts. If you take different balls in your hand, Mm -hmm. and let's say work is a rubber ball, 
your life, your family, everything is a glass balls. So which is the one that you're willing to like bounce off the ground and take a risk with? Right? <laughs> right. So you have to maintain that balance. And I think uh, for me, carpentry is one of those areas where it's just mundane, repetitive in some areas. But at the same time, it just helps your mind relax. The other thing that I've been big into is IoT. So okay. my entire home is completely set up. <laughs> uh, uh, it's actually everything is uh, built by myself. Uh, I also am a big, uh, big into the environment piece of it. So I do not like batteries. So I've moved everything to solar. So I'm sitting and soldering all these little solar panels onto things. Uh, <laughs> so if I clap loudly, will your lights go off? No, I don't have it triggered like that. But if I tell Alexa to do anything, it literally happens. Oh, yeah, well, yes, she she's very capable. I'm not going to call her name out loud because there's one right here and I don't want it to interrupt the podcast. But uh, yes, I totally know what you mean. So I actually have a few friends who are carpenters. One of them is a master carpenter. And it's interesting because carpentry is one of those things where you can really do it as a hobby. You can dive super deep and it can be very precise. How did you get into carpentry? Is this something that you trained in or was it more like a hobby that you picked up tips from YouTube? How did you even get into carpentry? It's probably self-taught in a lot of YouTube. Okay. And one thing that I always say is carpentry is forgiving. Right. Because wood is very forgiving. It's not like you're working in stone. With stone, you yeah. make a big crack and you're done. That's it. <laughs> Whereas wood is very different. So I, I enjoy it and it's all self-taught YouTube. And that's what I mean by knowledge is just out there. It's about how do you, what do you do with that knowledge that's truly starting to make a big uh, difference. Yeah, YouTube and really uh, just access. You know, that's one of the things we always talk about as Ciscoanians, the democratization of tech, right? Having access. Because with access, there really are no limitations, regardless of where you are or who you are. Yeah, without a doubt. So, Abby, let me ask you this. I know you ask uh, everyone on your podcast this question. So what do, what's your primary hobby? <laughs> I knew I was going to get a question. Um, I would say my primary hobby is something music-related. I am a drummer first. I've been doing that since I was a kid. Played in a lot of bands uh, in New York City when I was younger than I am now. And uh, also music production and engineering. I used to work at Sony Music Studios years ago, which is, of course, now not around anymore. But uh, really making music, producing music, playing in bands. I actually used to even produce, believe it or not, Japanese music. Yeah. Uh, not the bubblegummy, poppy stuff, but more like R&B, uh, more Western-sounding stuff. That was, that was a whole lifetime ago. But yeah, I would say those are probably my favorite things to do. Beyond music, I also love uh, traveling. Even short road trips with the family. We like to go explore, you know, places that are a couple hours away. Maybe my wife and I will go drink wine at a winery that we've never visited before. Really just getting out on the road and, and seeing places that we've never seen and creating new memories. That's amazing. That's amazing. So the next time we're on this podcast, uh, you promised to start with a 30-second uh, piece that you wrote? Yeah, sure. It's a deal. Yeah, it's a deal. <laughs>
Well, Tamaya, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Um, I had no doubt that it was going to be a great conversation, and of course it was. I really appreciate your time, and I really appreciate your perspective on customer experience, not just from an individual point of view, but really from how Cisco looks at customer experience and the things we do to, to try to shape that to constantly improve it. So thanks again, and I hope that we get to talk to each other soon. Looking forward to it, Davey. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you. 